Hello Soul Fam, it's Brittany bringing you another episode on the very last day of September. I want to start out by saying I am sorry for the quality of this audio. I'm having some troubles with my microphone and currently waiting on a new one to arrive. So if you could bear with me, that would be so appreciated. How wild is it that we are already heading into October? Where I live, it's still 100 degrees every day, so it doesn't quite feel like fall, but honestly, I will take every drop in temperature that I can get. Heading into October also means that we are one month closer to my birthday month, November. And this is a big year for me because I'm turning 30 this year. I know that in reality, age is not that significant, but I've got to tell you, I've been looking forward to turning 30 my entire life. I always imagined that as a 30-year-old woman, I would have my life together. I'd be past a lot of the hardships that I faced in the past, and it would kind of be smooth sailing from here on out. I now know that that is pretty ridiculous because we don't just hit a certain age and then suddenly have all of our problems go away, but that is what I used to think. I used to believe that I would turn 30 and that would be it. Everything would be better. All the things that were hurtful in my past and all my insecurities, uh, those things, that they would just kind of fall away. And I now realize that that's really naive, but I do like the idea that as I'm stepping into this new age of life, that all of the things that no longer serve me, I can kind of just let them go. I think that's a much more realistic approach to embracing 30. And that's kind of the vibe that I'm going to have in my head. That's my intention as I approach this next phase of life. I've spent a lot of my life having a really, really horrible self-image. And by that, I mean there's low self-esteem that a lot of people struggle with, and then there's just pure hatred and loathing for oneself. And that is definitely more where I land, or where I used to land, on the self-image spectrum. I've really struggled with that for a majority of my life, and it's taken me down some really dark paths, and it's really caused me to make decisions and put myself into situations that were harmful and dangerous. And as I look back and reflect on some of those choices I made, I know that my lack of self-worth really played a part in me making those choices. I didn't act from a place of self-respect because I just didn't have any. And when I look back on that and at that person who hated herself so much and just had no desire to live, I feel so badly for her because her life didn't have to be that way. I really took the lack of love I felt from other people and I internalized it. And that made me come to this conclusion that somehow I wasn't worthy of love. And I decided that the way that other people treated me 
was a reflection of my inability to be loved. So I took how I was treated by other people and I kind of used that as a blueprint for how I would begin to treat myself. I was never properly taken care of as a child or a young adult and so I never bothered learning how to properly take care of myself because it really wasn't part of who I was and I didn't see a need for it. I was miserable with my quality of life but I was so comfortable with it and I just didn't think that it was worth changing or maybe I didn't think it was possible to have a better quality of life. I certainly didn't think that I was worth having a better life. I was at a point where I just really didn't want to live and I didn't think I deserved to and I didn't think that life could ever get better. It was really the lowest point where I was in this position where I looked at things and I evaluated my life and I had to kind of say, okay, so things can either stay miserable and they can stay bad and I'll just live like this until it kills me, or I can do something about it. I can try, just try to turn this around. I can try to live a better life. I can entertain the thought of wanting more for myself. You know, maybe I can just see if there's something on the other side worth having. And that's where I discovered the things that I'm so passionate about today, like self-love and a positive mindset. And I feel like a lot of people preach positivity like it is the cure-all to every bad situation a person could go through. And that's why I kind of rolled my eyes at it for a long time. I would hear people preach this message of positivity and it offended me. And it offended me because I thought that people just ignored reality and walked around pretending that everything was perfect all the time. And I was so attached to my pain and my hurt that I didn't want to venture into a new life where I couldn't carry it around with me. I didn't want to pretend like my pain didn't exist because it had become so deeply ingrained into who I was. My pain defined me. The thought of casting it aside in order to take on this new positive mindset seemed so phony to me and it really stopped me from changing my life sooner because it just seemed so fake. But slowly, so slowly, I started to realize that the key to positivity and living a positive life wasn't to ignore the negative things that happened to us, but instead to look at them and somehow, some way, turn them into something that could work in my favor. A few years ago, I discovered meditation and spirituality, and I like to think of that as really the major turning point in my life. I began to see myself differently than I ever had. Even though it was so awkward and so uncomfortable and even at times emotionally painful, 
I started waking up and going straight to the mirror. I would look at myself and instead of the horrible things I usually said to myself, I thought, what would happen if I just treated myself nicely? And so I began speaking positively over myself every morning. I would say things like, you're worthy of love and you're here to make a difference, even if you don't feel like it today. It was honestly kind of weird at first and I would cringe as I did it. It just felt really unnatural and I wasn't used to being nice to myself, so I didn't know how to feel other than uncomfortable. But I kept doing it and eventually it got easier. At first I would stand in front of the mirror and I would really have to search for things to say about myself that weren't cruel. A thousand cruel things came to mind and I would have to work to find those one or two nice things to say to myself every morning. But the more I did that, the easier it became. Pretty soon I found myself doing it without even having to try. You look beautiful this morning, I would say to myself, um, even though my hair was frizzy and it seemed like all of the moisture had been sucked out of my skin overnight. I would tell myself that I was beautiful. I would tell myself that today was going to be a good day. And I would tell myself these things and over time I actually started to believe them. It made such a difference, not only in how I saw myself, but how I saw myself through the eyes of others. I used to just think and assume people hated me for no reason and I assumed everyone was against me. And honestly, I still do have a tendency to think like that sometimes, but I'm much better at talking myself out of it. But the thing is that now that I value myself, it honestly wouldn't even matter to me if everyone did really hate me because I love me and I don't need other people to love me. Now, it's great if they do, but I no longer put that burden on other people. I show up as myself, loving who that person is, and if someone else wants to join me in loving myself, then that's great. But if not, well, it just doesn't destroy me anymore. I've become so secure in who I am that there's not one thing that can shake the foundation of the love that I've built up for myself. I know that as long as I'm acting from a place of love and being true to myself, then there's nothing in life that I can lose because I had already lost the very worst thing that I think a person can lose. And that was myself. I lived so much of my life seeking out self-worth in other people. Once I found it within myself, I knew I would never need to search for it anywhere else ever again. It was really freeing and liberating. And of course, people who were so used to the way I used to carrying myself, uh, once I began to operate from a place of self-love and self-respect, they didn't really know how to respond. And the people who weren't in my life for the right reasons, once they started to notice that I had built up my self-worth on my own. They weren't really keen on this new confident version of myself that they now had to deal with. 
And I just want to let you know that it's perfectly okay to let go of those people. If you are on a journey of self-love and when you begin to set boundaries or take your power back, the people who have a problem with that are usually not the people you want in your life anyway. Boundaries are only a threat to people who intend to cross them. So I began to say no to things that weren't in my best interest and I began to be really particular about my time and what I was willing to invest my time in. If I had friends who only called me to complain, I stopped dropping everything to answer those phone calls. And if I had people in my life who only reached out when they needed something, I stopped being available to that. I began to use my time for myself and doing what was best for me for once. At first, I felt like I was being totally selfish, but it wasn't selfish, even though I'm sure there are some people who saw it that way. It was me being protective of this new mindset I had worked so hard to shift to. And I wasn't going to let anyone or their negativity threaten this new sacred way of living I had discovered. The people in my life who only wanted to have negative conversations, I stopped heavily associating with them. And that's not to say I completely severed every relationship I had if someone wasn't as positive as I thought they should be. Although if that's what you feel that you need to do to protect your mindset, then you can do that without feeling guilty. But that's not what I did. I just put up boundaries and I analyzed who added to my life and who took away. I stopped surrounding myself with negative people in my everyday life because I noticed that the more I was around them, the more likely I was to fall back into negative thinking and the harder it was to remain positive. The people who walk around with a life sucks attitude, well, they don't have a place in my inner circle because I don't ever want to go back to thinking that life just sucks. I don't want to sit on the phone for hours talking about what a bad day it was I want to surround myself with people who say, okay, well, today didn't live up to its potential, so how can I get closer to that goal tomorrow? You aren't going to attract more positivity by surrounding yourself with negative people. I even thought for a while, well, maybe I'm meant to point them to the path of positivity. And that can definitely be a possibility. but. I shouldn't have to carry the burden of their negativity in order to do that. And what I mean by that is you don't have to be someone's doormat or punching bag or makeshift therapist. Of course, in any relationship, you should be there for people during their hard times or when they need someone. But when someone only reaches out to you because they want to unload their daily burdens onto you, well, that isn't fair and that certainly isn't going to help you inspire them to be a better, more positive person. Something that took me a while to understand was the concept of you tell people how you want to be treated based on how you treat yourself and how you allow them to treat you. If you're in a relationship and your partner has cheated on you multiple times, I'm not saying it's your fault or that you deserve it. But I am saying that your partner's not likely to wake up one day 
and decide to change. If you're constantly forgiving the deliberate shortcomings of another person and allowing yourself to be disrespected, what initiative does that give someone to want to treat you better? Unfortunately, when you continuously forgive someone's mistakes, that sends them the message that it's okay to keep making them and to keep behaving that way because you'll just forgive it in the end anyways. It sounds harsh, but you can only be a victim for so long. Eventually, you go from being a victim to an accomplice in your own hurt. And of course, I'm not justifying any kind of abuse or anything like that or saying that you deserve to be mistreated in any way. What I am saying is that if you don't eventually set boundaries and say, I no longer accept being treated this way, the patterns of abuse will only continue. And eventually you're going to believe that you do deserve to be treated that way. That's why it's so important for you to be your own advocate and make it very clear what you are and are not willing to put up with. It all comes back to the love of self. I allowed myself for so long to be mistreated in so many ways by so many different people. And now, now that I have discovered such a deep-rooted love for myself, that is never something I will ever be willing to put up with from another person ever again. If I wouldn't treat someone else that way, why should I allow them to treat me that way? It kind of comes back to the cardinal rule of treating others the same way that you want to be treated, but it goes a little deeper than that because you show others how you want to be treated by how you treat yourself. Abusers often know what they can get away with because they can tell when someone is suffering with low self-esteem. They know that you're in an insecure headspace and they know that they're more likely because you don't value yourself enough to not put up with it. But when you present yourself to the world as someone who loves themselves and who is confident, someone who knows their worth, more often than not, abusive people don't want any part of that and they're not gonna waste their time on you because they know that you're untouchable. And when I say abusers, I don't just mean physical abusers. I mean people who want to abuse the privilege that you're giving them of allowing them space in your life. People who want to abuse their role as your friend or partner or relative, whatever it may be. When you stand up for yourself and you shut down any kind of mistreatment, those people eventually aren't going to waste any more time on you. I have someone in my life who has always taken advantage of my kindness and my love for them. And once I stopped allowing them to do that, they suddenly had no use for me. And at first, yeah, it, it was painful, but eventually I started to realize how much better off my life was without them. I thought that losing them would be the worst thing to ever happen to me. And in reality, it opened up so much more space for me to love myself harder and deeper than I ever had before. All of the love that I was giving to this person, well, it was now available for me to give to myself. And it would turn out that I didn't miss them the way I thought I would because I didn't allow them to leave a void. I filled that empty space with more time for me, more love for me more care for me. I started doing things that were in my own best interest and after a while 
I didn't even notice that person's absence and honestly it's been really nice. Even though it was really hard, especially in the beginning, and I never thought that I would be able to do it, I'm actually thriving without that person in my life. And it has just shown me that I really am all I will ever need. I did myself such a huge favor when I decided what behavior I was going to accept and what behavior I was not going to accept. And it isn't my problem if someone decides that they don't want to comply with my boundaries. I don't have to adjust my standards because someone isn't willing to meet them. Me and my standards are not the problem. And that's not to say that every person who doesn't live up to those standards is the problem. It just means that maybe they aren't the right fit for me. If someone doesn't meet my standards, they aren't necessarily a bad person. They aren't a problem. They just aren't meant to be part of my journey at this specific time. And that's okay. I look back at the friends I used to have or the people I've dated and with a lot of them, they weren't in my life because they brought value to it. They were there because I wanted them there. It wasn't because they had anything to offer me. It was because I wanted them to fill a void that I had within myself. I thought that the more friends I had, the happier I would be. In reality, the more friends I had, the less time I was able to devote to each friendship. I had a dozen best friends, but we weren't actually best friends at all. It felt nice to be the girl who had a full social calendar because I thought that and always having people around and having people to do things with, I thought that meant I would be happier. The more people that liked me, maybe the more I would like myself. What's funny is that now I prefer to do a lot of things on my own. I used to fear going shopping by myself, and now I only want to shop by myself. I love dining out by myself. I love seeing movies by myself. I really love traveling by myself. Letting go of the feeling that I needed to have all of these people accompany me on every adventure I ever wanted to take in life. Letting go of that has allowed me to get to know myself better. I date myself now. I do my makeup and my hair and I put on a nice outfit. I take myself to nice places and I give myself the love and attention that I had previously reserved only for others. I've gotten to a place where the addition of another person would be just that, an addition, a bonus. I don't need anyone else to experience things with me. Sure, sometimes it's definitely nice to have people that you love and who love you around to create memories and experience things with you, but I used to hold back on so many things that I wanted to do because I couldn't find someone who wanted to share those things with me. And then one day I was like, wait, why am I going to miss out on all of these opportunities because I don't have another person to experience this with? Isn't that so ridiculous? And I'm a person with extreme social anxiety, so it was really a struggle at first, but eventually it became so natural and so easy to do things on my own. I almost regret not doing it sooner. I went from occasionally seeing a movie by myself because 
I felt safe to do that in a dark theater where no one was really looking at me, to being a person who loves to travel solo. Again, it was me taking the burden off of other people that opened up a whole new world for me. I didn't need people to do things with me in order to enjoy myself. I could do them alone, and I could get to know myself better while doing that. And if one day I had people who I did want to share these experiences with, then that would make it even better. But I didn't need other people to make these experiences good, because they were good enough already if it was just me and myself experiencing them. I was out there doing things and loving it because I not only loved myself, but I liked myself, and I liked myself enough to want to spend time with just me. Relationships of any kind are tricky, and you can't control how someone else behaves. You can't make other people share your same outlook, whether that's a political opinion or a positive mindset. And that's why I place so much importance on focusing on myself, and that's why I want you to do exactly the same thing because it really is the only thing you are able to control. I couldn't control my childhood or the toxic patterns of those around me, but what I did have complete control over was choosing to carry those patterns and beliefs into my future or choosing to leave them in the past. I didn't feel loved or valued by others, but I did have the ability to love and value myself. I wasn't able to choose my family or my upbringing, but I do have the choice to create a better reality for myself now and in the future. I had to dig really deep and force myself to find things about myself that were worth loving. But that didn't mean they weren't there. Just because other people may not have seen them, it didn't mean that the good parts of me didn't exist. It meant that I needed to be the one to discover them because that was the only way they would ever have any value. So if you're listening to this, I just want you to know that you don't need to become some perfect version of yourself in order to be loved. You also don't need to hit rock bottom. You can start today, right now. You can look in the mirror and start talking to yourself the way you would talk to your best friend. You wouldn't look at someone you loved and say, you know what? You'd look much better if you dropped 15 pounds. You definitely wouldn't say, you're just not worth loving yet. So why do we talk to ourselves that way? Be your own hype girl. That's what I am for myself constantly. I'm my own cheerleader and my own advocate and my own best friend. When I was 12, I was in therapy and after one session, my therapist told me to go home and write out a list of 10 things that I liked about myself. It was such a foreign concept to me. I had literally never, not even once, thought of myself as having any qualities that were good. When she told me to go home and write out a list of things I liked about myself, I thought that she was crazy because there weren't any, there were no qualities I liked about myself. But I did go home and I sat down at the kitchen table and at the time I was living with my older sister and her boyfriend and 
I was really struggling. I sat there for hours and couldn't write anything down. And so eventually my sister's boyfriend came over and asked what I was doing and why I was having such a hard time with it. And so I told him what the assignment was and right off the bat, he said to me, what do you mean you don't know what to put down? You're funny, you're intelligent, you're really witty, you're strong. And he went on and he listed all these things that I never thought of myself as. And not only had I never thought of myself that way, but I'd never experienced someone else looking at me that way. This was the first time in my entire life that I could ever remember someone lifting me up rather than tearing me down. And looking back on it now, I just feel so sorry for that 12 year old girl because even as someone was telling me for the first time all these positive things about me, I didn't see them in myself, so it didn't really matter. It took me another 15 years before I could ever see those positive qualities in myself. And I know that I've grown because now it's become a daily practice for me to list at least 10 things that I not only like but love about myself, or 10 things that I'm good at, or 10 things that make me a good person. 10 things that make me worth knowing, 10 things that make me a person who is worth having a good life. And it's not always easy, but it doesn't seem impossible like it did when I was a 12 year old girl who was just lost and waiting for someone to love me. And as I reflect back on that 12 year old girl, I wish that I could tell her that the things I see in myself now have been part of me all along. And I guess my only regret is that it took me so long to discover them. Because my name is Brittany and I am wise, I'm witty, I'm resilient, I'm strong, I'm brave, I'm kind, I'm generous. I'm insightful, I'm dependable, I'm fun to be around, I'm adventurous, I'm brilliant, I'm worthy of love. See, right there, it was so easy to even go past just 10 things. Giving myself these daily affirmations, even when I don't believe them, especially when I don't believe them. It's led me down the most beautiful path that I could ever have hoped to find. And it's a path that took me a long time to discover. And it's a path that I have to choose every single day to continue walking down. It's filled with a lot of crying, a lot of reframing my mind, some loss, but even more gain, some new discoveries, and a whole lot of me. And I hope that whoever is listening to this, I hope that you're brave enough to go down this same path. 
I hope that if you don't already know it, one day you realized how amazing you are. And I want you to love yourself and become so unapologetically you that the people who can't handle it just fall right out of your life. And the people who are meant to handle it are drawn to you like a magnet. You are so worth loving. And the most important person who is ever going to love you is yourself. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me talk about this. And I hope that it made some sense and maybe you gained something from listening to it. If your soul is calling you to embark on a journey of self-love, please, please answer it. You will never, ever regret loving yourself the way that you deserve to be loved. I hope you have an incredible day and an incredible week, and I will see you next Wednesday for episode three.